Welcome to the Sport Media and Tech Podcast. My name is Keel Blake. On this episode, Dr. Jeff Porter, Mark Hotchkin, and I spend time with Mark Hughes, Group Chief Operations Officer, and Eric Foote, Chief Commercial Officer from PointsBet. We discuss the business of betting, sportsbook technology, and what's driving the future growth in the industry. My background's fully in sports, media, and technology. Uh, started back at graduate school uh, with an MBA, Master in Sport Management at Western Illinois, the Leathernecks in Macomb, Illinois. Uh, from there, really spent, uh, spent quality time in college athletics, uh, also in professional athletics, and throughout my career, um, kind of grew to understand sports betting, um, seeing the repeal of PASPA happening you know, a handful, uh, a handful of years ago was at CBS and during my time at CBS kind of led the path uh, for CBS, both on the broadcast and the digital side on what CBS should be doing in the space. And throughout that time, met with multiple operators, both domestically and internationally and fully understood kind of the, uh, the situation of here in the US and what's happening with, with sports betting. And through that time, um, you know, got to know the folks here at PointsBet, uh, our US CEO, Johnny Aiken, our group CEO, Sam Swinnell, based in Melbourne, and really saw a vision that PointsBet had on owning your own technology, uh, being very close to the customer, uh, and have been with the company for about two years since then. Yeah, so my story is um, probably immersed in sports betting from, from, the, from the time I was a young man. So I, I, I'm from Ireland, as you might be able to tell from the accent. Um, I went to university in, um, in Dublin. I studied um, finance. I kind of figured I'd get into investment banking, but uh, somehow managed to stumble into sports betting from an early age. Um, my background in sports betting is primarily in like the quantitative modeling and um, I suppose building out the sports betting odds and figuring out how to get that in front of customers. Um, my first company to work for was Paddy Power, which is now known as Flutter Group. So people in the US might be familiar with FanDuel is the brand that Flutter have in the US. So it was a fantastic introduction into sports betting and, and worked with some really great people um, in those years. Um, prior to, I suppose, joining PointsBet, I actually founded a company in the industry uh, which specialized in, in this technology around you know, trying to figure out um, the probability of something happening in, in a sporting event. And we were selling, selling that service as a B2B. Um, and on that journey, it, it spent about six years as CEO of that company, but um, towards the latter end, I met Eric and Johnny and PointsBet and uh, echo some of Eric's sentiments around, you know, the vision and what they were trying to achieve in the US. And then um, the company that I had founded was, was purchased by PointsBet earlier this year. So um, yeah, it's been an exciting journey to get to where we're at. And um, essentially, yeah, I'm, I'm sports betting true and true and was very much a, a sports betting fan and a, a betting fan growing up as well. So. That's me. Excellent. Um, love to hear a little bit more about PointsBet in general, uh, what the company, how it was founded, um, how it got a presence here in the United States, um, and, uh, and really what, um, what you all do. Yep. So PointsBet was founded in Australia, uh, in Melbourne. And, and as some people know or don't know, uh, Australia is a very mature betting market. Um, although the company is only a little older than six years, uh, the business was really founded with the thought and the eye on what's going on here in the United States. Um, with the repeal of PASPA, it pretty much expedited the company overnight to think about 
how can we take the learnings and the education of what was built in Australia and apply that to the US. Um, around 40% of the betting in Australia is on US sports, specifically NBA. So Australians very much know and understand the betting culture and the betting market for the US. The company is really founded on technology. We're one of the very few operators, actually one of two in the US currently operating that actually own our own technology front to back. Most operators do outsource that to uh, Eastern European countries, uh, third parties, and we fully understood that being close to your customer, owning your, owning your own technology, pay significant dividends, not only financially in the long term, but also in the short term by being you know, close to the consumer, as I've mentioned before. Um, you know, as we grew um, you know, in Australia, we were fortunate enough to win a market access point or a license in New Jersey through the Meadowlands and Jeff Gorell. That really gave us our first opportunity to showcase our talents, our technology um, in the US. Uh, quickly in New Jersey, we grew up to roughly a 10% market share with no brand, spending no, little to no dollars on linear advertising and really focused on the product and focused on the customer experience. And so truly PointsBets built, built off that foundation of technology, uh, quantitative analytics that Mark mentioned earlier on one of the key reasons we, we acquired Bannock, uh, truly excel in in-play betting. And I'll let Mark speak to in-play betting a little bit more, but you know, really getting our, our, our feet wet here in, uh, in New Jersey. And since then we're now live in seven states. Uh, we're very fortunate, we're very optimistic. We'll be live in up to 20 states by the end of 2022. That'll include being alive in the province in Ontario, in Canada, but we'll continue to focus on that technology first, customer service first, but more so than anything, we feel in play betting, placing a wager after an event actually starts, whether that's on basketball, football, golf, tennis, that is the future of sports betting here in the US. The US sport is really made for betting. Think about all the TV timeouts, the media timeouts, the coach timeouts. Um, it's really important to have the best technology and make sure your product is not stale and the lines are up uh, at all times to really allow the most bet types as possible. So again, we're really focused on technology, focused on the acquisition of Bannock with market the lead of that to really kind of plateau ourselves and leap into the uh, into 2022. I'll kick this one off to Mark then, um, knowing you know where you're from and you know I I have a little bit of history of traveling over to uh, the European region and specifically the UK, knowing that their sports betting is, is much more mature than we have in the US. Uh, two part question: One is uh, I guess what lessons have you learned from sports betting specifically over there? And then two, um, what is driving, and Eric, there's probably one for you, like what is driving the, the growth in US betting? Is it just because fans love to bet or is it because of another market factor? Yeah, so yeah, like uh, my experience in Europe has, has, has taught me an awful lot about betting. And um, I suppose bearing in mind that I grew up with betting. I, I used to go to the race course with my father um, every weekend to, to bet on horse racing. So I kind of, I suppose intuitively understand what it is that drives somebody to, um, you know, enjoy a bet or, or to interact with a sports book. Um, so like over the years, when we 
first started in Paddy Power, you know, a lot of the betting propositions were driven by, I suppose, manual processes and manual operations. So the speed and the, the slickness of the of the um, experience was, you know, quite primitive um, and, and immature. So I guess if, if you go back whatever, 20 years, you could have a bet on, on the next horse race or you could have a bet on who would win a football game. But like the, the array of selections that you could bet on was quite limited and things like, you know, getting your bet settled fast and accurately, you know, it, it was, it was clunky, but at the same time, it was kind of expected to be that way. But the big growth really in the last 20 years is, is the introduction of technology and the introduction of algorithms into the fold where all of a sudden you were able to not only bet on a football game pre-match, but you could actually continue to bet on the game once it went in play. And, you know, football, or I keep calling it football, but what I'm referring to is actually soccer. <laughs> um, so- soccer in Europe like, is massively popular, a huge, huge fan base. And when you're looking at a soccer game now, at halftime, all you're seeing is, is ads related to sports betting and to gambling because they're so intrinsically linked that, you know, people get, you know, that, that heightened experience from having a bet on the game and being able to offer propositions in play that are relevant to what's happening on the field and being able to talk with your mates around the bets that you've had and being able to, this, this concept of cash out, which means that if I have a bet and it's starting to you go, go in my favor, or if it's not going in my favor, like we will actually give you a value of what your bet is worth and be able to cash out that bet so that you can reinvest it in something else in the game if, if you're getting bored of what you're, you're actually shouting for. So all these features and I suppose the slickness in that experience um, is attributable to advancements in technology and algorithms behind the offering. So we started off, you know, with basic algorithms in the early days, but put more and more focus into that, build up technology teams around it, build up, you know, quantitative analysis teams around it and really drove that forward. So when you compare it to like a snapshot to back then to what it is now, back then it was a lot of sports experts who really understood the sport. Now it's a lot of mathematicians and technology people who really understand how to build it, you know, the framework around producing the betting line. And so that journey has been really interesting. And I think, you know, I'll throw it over to Eric for this, but like, you know, that, I, I can see that continuing to be the driving force in the growth of the popularity of sports betting in the US because there's a massive opportunity there. Yeah, I think I think I would add, you know, to what Mark was mentioning what we're trying to accomplish here in the US, and I think we've done a great job so far, is this, there's, a, there's a large education factor. And this is a very nascent market for sports betting compared to Europe or to Australia, as I indicated before. So we understand a significant number of consumers or new bettors uh, either have bet illegally offshore, uh, bet with uh, their friend or the bookie down the street, or have never touched sports betting and they're nervous or uh, there's a concern about depositing, depositing funds into their account through their through their mobile app, for example. So, you know, our our goal is number one to educate, um, number two to be very responsible, um, and number three to be you know secure. And secure goes into the funding. So, what ways do we allow a consumer to deposit funds into their in their account? What ways do we allow them to withdraw funds from their account? And what's the frequency and how quick is that? It's about that customer experience, because I think as everyone on this on this on this call has probably seen or heard or listened to, um, there's a lot of competition out there. So in a sea of sameness, 
we've got to find ways to differentiate ourselves. You know, one is the product and we can talk more about that. Second is just the, the reliability, um, the security of, of their cash in and out. And the last is we want to bring sports betting mainstream. And by doing that, we've been very focused with NBC Sports on linear, on TV, on TV broadcasts. So for us, it's not so much about how many 30 second ad spots can we have in a Bulls game on the Chicago Regional Sports Network. This is more about how can we authentically integrate our brand, our data, our content, our technology into the broadcast with a pregame show, having their talent talk about a specific prop bet throughout the broadcast, bringing that storyline into halftime throughout the second half and into a postgame show. So it's about authentically talking about the opportunity of sports betting and what we're doing with NBC and with Altitude Sports and other networks is trying to enhance that broadcast and keep people on their couch watching the game for the entirety of that of that telecast. I think we're helping the broadcaster as well as the broadcasters helping us as a sports betting company. Hey, Eric, really quick. Uh, I've heard a lot and people have heard a lot about prop bets, especially during Super Bowl. Can you give a quick 30 second overview of what prop bets are and how much fun they can actually be? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do high level. Um, this is right in Mark's wheelhouse. I would say, you know, something we pride ourselves on is, is we, for the most part, we do our own trading in our own risk management and own trading is we're, we're developing our own markets or bet types for the Super Bowl this past year. We had over a thousand different ways to bet on the game. So we have the traditional spread line, you know, over under, you know, a uh, variety of things such as that. But we also have a variety of other bets, whether it's what color of Gatorade will be dumped on the coach. Uh, who's going to score the first touchdown? You know, how many yards will the top running back have? In the first in the first period second period third period fourth period so again these are all things that are very popular and allows us to kind of reach a mass audience of a you know a nascent better to a more um experienced better but mark i'll throw it to you to kind of give a little more detail on just prop betting in general of how we look at it here in the us and how our how our technology team works on that yeah so um i guess you know traditionally we're we're, we're used to betting on um you know who would win the match how many points will be in the game? Who will the will the team beat the spread? You know they're the popular bet types, and they continue to be very popular bet types. But with the explosion of an availability of data in real time, where we can actually figure out exactly what's happening on the pitch, you know you can see sports broadcasters broadcasters are talking about you know the amount of rushing yards a player is receiving or passing yards a, a player is drawing and um, all these things are you know driving the appetite for you know sports fans to talk about them and when they want to talk about them they want to bet on them so it's our job to figure out how to you know put accurate betting odds behind those propositions to, to allow the, the customer to have a bet um, so yeah I, I guess it gets you more engaged with your with your favorite player or um your you know, what's happening in this moment in the game. Um, and just, again, just to Eric's point, drives that excitement and keeps keeps the, the consumer sitting on the couch looking at the game. You know, both of you touched on just how people are betting and the experience that they have while they're doing that. But what makes PointsBet unique and what are you doing in today's market with so many distractions and, you know, so many just mobile user interfaces to engage fans? 
Yeah, it's a great question. I, I think, you know, we're, we're focused on the experience and the product uh, and the customer service. I think one is just the bet types. We are known as the, as the operator to offer the most bet types anywhere in the world, whether that's the Super Bowl that I mentioned last year, um, you know, this past year for the Phoenix Waste Management Open, that was the week leading up to the Super Bowl. We offered 900 bet types for a golf, for a golf event. I mean, that's, that's, that's unheard of in today's uh, today's sports betting, you know, market industry. We also, for the same event, developed a second screen experience points bet cast. It ran four straight days, two and a half hours a day. It was dedicated to sports betting only. It was produced by NBC in coordination with us and the PGA Tour, which we're a partner of, and, you know, really focused on the sports betting um, consumer. We had our second largest week ever for sports betting in golf behind the masters of the previous year. We also have done the same thing for the Chicago bulls, uh, for a bet cast. We'll continue to develop and utilize our technology, working with media partners, such as NBC. I mentioned altitude sports and we work with other media partners as well, but we're starting to bring that experience to the fan about betting concentrated events. We are also, I wanted to mention earlier, but let me reiterate here our PGA Tour partnership, we are now integrating into the Golf Channel and NBC Sports authentically for all golf broadcasts, the first time ever with our partnership with NBC. So that's, you know, let's, let's, let's talk about John Rahm on a tee shot over under 300 yards, as simple as, as a bet such as that, or prior to him teeing off in the 13th hole, will he get a birdie, par, or worse than par? So actually very simple bet types but bringing those into the broadcast to start to educate that consumer about how to bet, what to bet on, how to sign up for account, different promotions and offers. So again, you know, in this sea of sameness, which I said before, we've got to be different. And I think it's really focusing on the product, focusing on bringing that unique integration into mainstream linear broadcasts. And again, Mark, I'll throw it to you to more so kind of the, the bet types and the things that we're looking to offer. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Eric covered it quite well, but one thing I would add to it, and you'll hear Johnny talking about this a lot, is that PointsBet is an operator founded by sports bettors. So, you know, a, a lot of the executive team here come from a sports betting background. For, for sports bettors themselves, they understand what the customer wants. So I guess owning our own tech and, you know, focusing on building out our trading teams and building out that competency in-house um, also allows us to always have at the core of our experience the fundamentals of what you expect from a quality experience when it comes to betting. And there are some of the more boring things that um, I know Eric got, got the fun question of, of talking about the, the number of yards that John Rammel hit in a golfing event. But if it takes me a number of seconds to place that bet or if, or if we're suspending the price in that market quite a bit because we don't have confidence in it or if it takes a long time for me to settle that price because you know we don't have the data coming into the platform quickly enough to actually say how many yards we actually hit the ball all those things frustrate better and because we come from that background and because we consume the products ourselves we really understand it so we think that there's a real opportunity to differentiate by really focusing on the core experience and making sure we get that right in everything we do, while also innovating in ways that Eric has outlined and making sure that we're continuously pushing the boundaries while making sure that we deliver a quality experience to the customer. 
really interesting point about you know the company being founded by people who are sports betters and the perspective that brings, um, which probably is is enormously important. Um, I've always been interested recently. You've seen how um, even things like uh, mentioned it, Eric broadcast, but showing the point spreads and the odds so primary so prominently on things like college game day when even a few years ago the college industry was was kind of scared of that. And it was basically Brent Musburger making little nods to the crowd about spreads and stuff. And now it's it's so there. So I guess what I'm asking, I'm curious about is what is the what does the customer look like today? Um, who are the people who are betting? And then maybe even more interestingly, where do you think that's evolving? How do you think that's changing? What is the the better of tomorrow look like? Yeah, I'll start with that and Mark, scoop up anything uh, that we miss. Um, again, you know, we're talking about sports betting today. Um, points bet and majority of all other sports betting operators also offer online casino or iGaming. Um, again, depending on the state, some states have it legal, some states don't. For the, for the current time being, sports betting kind of is trumping uh, iGaming. However, that iGaming opportunity in states like Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and others where it is legal, uh, you're seeing a lot of crossover between that consumer. So um, we've built our own technology in that platform as well. We'll continue to focus in the kind of that dual path strategy as most operators have. As you think about the consumer for sports betting, um, as you can imagine, it does heavily skew towards male. Um, you know, I think for us, uh, it seems as if to date, a lot of the more premium betters have been I think attracted to our product because it's a very one of the top products out in the market. Um, we also, you know, offer a lot of variety of bet types, as I mentioned before. So we see a high, a high propensity of that higher profile, more experienced better. But at the same time, we have a lot of the younger, you know, more nascent betters as well. So I think, Mark, to answer your question, um, that demo is all over the place. It is. And I think our goal is to market appropriately to all of those different segments and make sure we're offering up personalization in the app to that consumer that they're being served what they want to bet on and what they want to see, whether that's a, a football game or a baseball game, or even from a, a vision or live streaming, we're starting to invest more and more in the, in the live streaming to integrate that into the app, to keep that consumer on the platform longer and longer, to have that higher propensity to make multiple bets, whether that's pre-match or in game. Um, but again, I know from a high level, that's kind of what we're seeing from a a demo perspective, but again, heavily skewed on the male side. Uh, we're seeing that nascent better and the experience better. We've just got to very much personalize our marketing message and personalize our product to make sure that consumer has that best experience. Yeah, I'll, I'll add a little bit to that, but again, Eric, covering the, the answer already thoroughly. Um, you made an interesting observation around college football, and I think it kind of circles right back to one of the points that Eric made in, in, in his answer to one of the first questions around, you know, I think once sport, sporting bodies start to see how the engagement levels of the fan increases once you, you know, couple it with sports betting, and they almost like have this reciprocal factor in terms of promoting each 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 brand um, you start to see the benefits of actually embracing it and leading more with sports betting initiatives obviously the, the, the you know the conversation around integrity and uh, making sure that we continue to have you know authentic games and that you know sports betting isn't clouding the incentives for, for players is something that we as an industry and we together with sporting bodies need to be very grown up about and make sure that you know we're on top of but in essence 
the actual positives to it all far outweigh some of the perceived negatives of sports betting. And you start to see, and I've seen this like throughout my life when, when I start watching a, a football game with friends because I work in the industry, they all turn to me in the bar and they ask me to, to lay all the bets that they want to place. And all of a sudden you're watching a team that you don't even support, but it's really exciting because, you know, you can have the banter with your friends and tell them that, um, you know, in the bluffs or, you know, because I know a lot more about it, I'm quite happy to accept their bets. And when they lose, I can give them free bets or give them another chance at it for the rest of the game. And, you know, it's, the banter and the excitement that that builds up is massive. And what it means is that instead of, I'm going to use a soccer example because I'm more familiar with it, but like I support Man United. I'd watch a Man United, Man United game any day of the week. But if all of a sudden, you know, two mid-table sides are playing in the English Premier League, you know, if I sit through it, I get bored after about five minutes. But if I'm sitting through it with friends and we start to have bets on it, all of a sudden I'm nearly enjoying this more than watching the Man United game. And what it does is it just heightens that sense of engagement and excitement that, that, that you associate with watching sport. And they very much complement each other. And as leagues start to embrace that, I think other leagues are saying, you know what, this isn't all that bad. And that's that's why the, the you know the growth of sports betting is is starting to um you know increase its, its reach in the US and in, in points bet I'm I'm really impressed at how they, how they had the vision you know to partner with NBC partner with the broadcast and really complete that that entire entire circle when you come to like sports betting broadcast the actual sport itself and then you know coupling that with like the founders who who are sports betters themselves seems like the perfect strategy is a perfect mix um, uh, in, in, in summary. Well, I want to put a shameless plug in for the great state of New Jersey. Uh, that's where I am from. And so it, it seems like it's been a kickoff point. So yes, I'm going to put a plug in, a shameless plug, might I add. Um, but Eric, a little bit, uh, you know, Mark finished up talking about you know, NBC Sports and partnership there. Uh, why don't, can you elaborate on some of the other partnerships that you're able to, as far as, you know, who you guys are partnered with and what's next in the pipeline? Yeah, Jeff, good, good question. So NBC is definitely our cornerstone partnership with, uh, with NBC sports and Comcast. So, you know, we, we like that partnership for a variety of reasons, but I think the biggest one is the diversity of their asset portfolio, both on TV and digital. And then also we can segment our, you know, our commercial spending state by state, whether we want to spend at a local level with the local owned and operated NBC station, a Telemundo station to hit the Hispanic audience, a regional sports network, such as hitting the Philly one that touches South Jersey, you know, the one in Illinois, in Chicago that hits all of Illinois. We're starting to hit the one in DC that touches both Virginia and Maryland for imminent launches in those two states. So it's really about efficiency, but we've also turned up the heat a little bit this fall by going a little bit more national. So you're seeing us now on Sunday Night Football in the pregame show, Football Night in America, which is hosted by Mike Tirico, Drew Brees, which is a points bet brand ambassador. That's a deal that we recently struck. Uh, we talked a little bit before about PGA Tour. Then EPL is the other one that we're very entrenched in on a national basis on NBC Sports, uh, USA Network, and Peacock, NBC's direct-to-consumer platform. Then hopping over to other kind of deals and partnerships we have in place, um, you know, across the league portfolio, NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, WNBA, MLS, most leagues, we have very efficient partnerships. Um, and those kind of touch things from a TV and a digital footprint also get, get us access to various databases that some of those leagues have. 
Um, on the team side, we've been a little bit more selectful um, on the team side. We do have an official partnership with the Cronky Sports and Entertainment Group here in our home state, in our headquarters, right across the street is Ball Arena. We're the official and exclusive sports betting partner of both the Nuggets and the Avalanche and the facility itself, Ball Arena. Uh, also have a deal with the Indiana Pacers in the NBA and the Detroit Pistons. Also thinking about some other teams. Um, it's up in Detroit, we've made a pretty significant investment with the Detroit Red Wings and the Detroit Tigers. And also just opened last week on Thursday, grand opening of a points bet sports bar. That's a sports bar inside of Little Caesars Arena that's open 365 days a year. Um, the menu has points bet uh, items such as the points bet parlay burger. So we really try to authenticate and make it a very unique experience offer those consumers that go into that venue better odds, better lines, better promotions. And again, that's a facility that both the Pistons and the Red Wings play in. I would also mention we're trying to really franchise that points bet sports bar. Not only do we have one up in Detroit, uh, we have one down in Austin, Texas with the Austin FC, who was a new partnership we announced with the kind of forward thinking partnership as Texas looks to legalize here in the near future. Uh, we also are developing a points bet sports bar here at ball arena. And we also uh, have a grand uh, opening ceremony with Indiana Pacers with the points bet sports bar uh, there at their facility for the Pacers that will that will launch this weekend. So again, I could go on and on about partnerships. Our goal there is to build brand. Uh, we want points bet to be known in the states we're live and operating. We also want to start building a funnel of first time betters for points bet. So really, it's a, a twofold to try to get into those local trenches in those communities to build brand and trust and credibility and also be really close to that consumer and offer various promotions, discounts, offers, experiences that you know money can't buy for some of those consumers of points bet. Hey Keel, I'm gonna start teaching everybody the uh, Michigan fight song. <laughs> FYI. Yeah. I like that. No, so so Jeff, uh, Jeff has noticed I'm from Michigan originally, and I'll be heading up there for the holiday in Detroit. So I'll have to go try myself one uh, parlay uh, cheeseburger up there. That sounds delicious. <laughs> so Mark, you know, I think uh, in play betting and, and just the experience is becoming so much quicker as we've talked about. So what's the math and technology required to get that right? Um, yeah, great question. Uh, how long do we have to, to talk on this topic? <laughs> um, it, I guess it, it, it's like we keep pushing the boundaries on this, and we touched on player props um, earlier. Um, like when, to use an example, when, when we're trying to figure out what's happening in an NFL game, we actually start building the, the model or the algorithm from the ground up. So we will evaluate, we'll have, you know, a massive bank of historical data and play-by-play -play data. So we'll understand over the last 10, 15 years, what happened in every single play, like what pitch position it started at, what the relative strength of the teams were, uh, who's on the field, you know, um, what strategy they implemented for that particular play, how many yards they gained, who ran with the ball or who caught the ball or did the punt it or whatever it is that happened within the play. So we'll have all of this data stored away and we'll actually design a model that will try to figure out exactly what happens within that play. And there'll be various factors that will 
uh, affect that probability. So one would be, you know, it, what the score is in the game if, if they're chasing a lead and um, what the time in the, in the quarter is. So like teams tend to, you know, try to play down the clock when they're ahead in the final quarter and they have possession of the ball. So this, this leads to all sorts of game theory and strategy. Um, but essentially we're building up a node of, depending on all those inputs and all those various different scenarios, what's the likelihood that this play will be a pass, a run, a punt, a field goal? Will it result in a touchdown? Will it result in a turnover? Will it result in yards gained or, or the down finishing or, or whatever it is? And we will simulate that play. And then when we have this kind of virtual state of where we think the play is going to end up, we have the exact same situation again where we simulate the next virtual play. We build this out into, it ends up being like millions, in some cases, billions of calculations that need to happen in like sub-second latency for us to actually um, map the route of which the, what route the NFL game is going to take for the rest of the match. And all of this is happening in the background. And what the consumer sees is same game parallel, or it sees uh, player props betting. And it sees odds updating like in sub-second latency. So something happens on the field, all of a sudden they look at what's on their screen and the odds have changed and they think it's just, okay, that's what's happened. But they don't understand the volume of tech and the scalability of tech required to make sure that somebody on the field is telling you exactly what happens. That feed gets sent into our algorithms. Our algorithms process all these calculations. Then we output it into our platform, up onto our website, changes it on the front end and somebody can then place the bet. So quite often customers will get frustrated because a bet fails because the price has moved or something has um, you know, suspended or something like that. And the reason for some things like that happening is because somewhere along that journey, you know, the model took too long or the price is inaccurate or the feed message was incorrect. And you're not really gonna be able to explain that to a customer. So there's this massive complexity of tech to try and get all of that done really, really fast. Um, and that's my best attempt at being able to explain exactly what's going on in there. But I suppose if you're shouting out to some of your students, like it's a really exciting problem to, to solve. And um, I, I, I personally was thinking I'm going to go down a more traditional route of investment banking. I'm so glad I got into this area because like you're working on sports, you're working on stats and all of this is just like a really phenomenal um, challenge that just keeps growing in complexity and the people who can do it more accurately and faster than the others will actually produce that superior experience and then ultimately deliver better odds for the customer. That's outstanding. Um, I think we have time for one more question. Um, I always like to kind of look out for it a little bit. You know, we've talked about where things are today, but um, I'm going to steal a, uh, a keel level dad joke here and say, what bet would you place uh, on the future of this industry? What would, if you had to put, you know, like look out there a little bit, where are you putting your money down on? Yeah, I, I think it's, and I do like to bet uh, legally for the record, um, not on points bet, but uh, our competitor apps. Um, I think my bet would be, this is a matter of when, not if, expansion continues. I think we're all watching, you know, this is a state by state rollout with the, the recent repeal of PASPA. Um, there are some states that are currently live, whether that's mobile, and or retail uh, and some states that aren't. Uh, there are some states that may take years or never, but I think as you look at over the next, you know, three to five years, the majority of the US states will be legal in some form or fashion. Again, whether that's mobile sports betting or retail, 
being a technology company, uh, we're very focused on the mobile aspect, although we do have retail operations in many states as well, as I, I noted earlier. I would also probably double down on in-play betting. Um, we're very bullish that 75 to 80% of all betting activity will be in play. Hence, you know, our discussion today and, you know, Mark joining us and talking about what he and the Bannock team have built, and why we acquired that business earlier this year um, with that high volume of in-play betting and that, that recycled activity of a consumer wanting to get more of the action that will also really help the broadcast companies integrate odds, information, data into these live broadcasts. And I think you'll see all of the leagues, all the teams really kind of lean into this more and more over the next several years. So again, my, my bet is on in-play betting and again, the continued path of current legalization of, of states right now for betting and, and iGaming as well, Mark, iGaming as well. Yeah, my bet's uh, reasonably simple. I think, um, I think the popularity of sports betting will continue to grow in the US. I think when people start to see the benefits of it and um, I, I really do trust in, in the industry to, you know, make it a very safe and enjoyable place to enjoy having a bet on, on, um, on a sporting event. So uh, I, I feel strongly that sports betting will increase and to Eric's point, states will continue to legalize. Um, so a massive opportunity and quite simply product will win at the end of the day. So the companies that focus on the, the betting experience for the customer, getting that right, putting the right bet types in front of the customer, building trust and um, being fair, all the things that you associate with, you know, a quality betting experience um, is, is ultimately what's going to win. And repeating the point that points that is founded by sports bettors. Um, I think we're massively well positioned owning our own tech to, you know, to really tackle and go after that problem. And um, it's an exciting few years ahead in my view. Well, guys, I, see, I think at some point I want to have to bring you back on and ask about um, betting with esports or, or on esports, because I know somebody's listening to the podcast is going to have that question uh, sooner or later. Um, but as we wrap up, one the question for both of you, uh, this is directed to our young sports professionals or young folks in the industry. Uh, what advice would you have for students who want to try to break into this industry? And, and Jeff, before they jump in, I have to follow up with Mark, Mark Hotchkin and say, I am putting a, a, a same episode parlay down right now. And I'm betting on what both Eric and Mark just said and the students that they need and the young professionals they need to power their future in this growing industry. So what do you guys have to share? Yeah, what do you got for us? Uh, my, my, again, for me, you know, in my career, this is the best move I've made in my you know, in my 20 year career in, in sports. And, you know, I think we're, we're a sports betting, whether it's a sports betting operator, a, a data company, uh, a broadcast media company, a, a digital company, all of these now are having to look at sports betting as a component of their business. And so, you know, I, I, you know whether it's NBC or ESPN or whoever you, whoever you name, um, betting is a division of these businesses now. So this is creating thousands and thousands of jobs currently and will continue to expand you know as i talk as we talk about points bet specifically um you know what i was so surprised coming in here and being here for a few years are all the different departments you know again coming from cbs understanding a big organization but even at points bet 
I mean, everything from the traditional jobs of a HR or legal or marketing, but whether it's licensing or compliance or trading or risk management, customer service, the number of verticals and departments that a sports betting operator has is larger than anything I've seen in my career. So it creates such job opportunity. Um, I also know, you know, I want to make, make sure I plug this. We have a deal with the University of Colorado here in Boulder. It was really the first Power Five partnership. Um, the key component of our deal is a deal with the Learning Career Development Center at the University uh, in Boulder. And we are working at career fairs. We're speaking to business classes. We're speaking to engineer classes. We speak to the student athletes on a quarterly basis about gaming, responsible gaming. What we're doing throughout the, you know, throughout the campus is creating a culture of a pipeline of internships and full-time jobs for those, some of the best of the best we think in Colorado to develop a full-time job here, you know, with points bet. So that was the foundation of the reason we did the deal being just down the street from the university. But again, you know, just to kind of tie this up, um, the opportunities are endless, whether you're a mathematician like Mark, who's much smarter than, than I am, or you're really deep into the media and the business development function like I am, um, there's countless opportunities across our organization like PointsBet. Yeah, I, um, I think actually something to add to that um, is, and I'll probably speak a little bit more to my own domain because uh, it's, it's the one I'm most familiar with. So yeah, to reiterate the points that Eric made around, you know, the vast array of jobs, so no, no matter what your discipline, I, I would assume that points that actually would need your help. And um, there's probably a really interesting role within a sports betting company if, if um, in case you think otherwise. But one thing, especially with technology and mathematics, is that this industry is always growing and there's always new problems and new opportunities to solve. So when you compare it to something like finance, where you know, a lot of the quantitative models are very mature and have been built already. And, you know, you're kind of coming into jobs almost in maintenance mode um, compared to what we're doing in a nascent market like this and trying to figure out U.S. sports betting and like how do you create really good U.S. sports content. It's a blank slate and the problem that needs to be solved is completely yours to solve. You're there from the ground up building the algorithm, building the technology you know, working with the marketing guys in terms of building the message around this, working with the product guys in terms of building the product product message around this. Like that's really exciting. That's what gets you to jump out of bed every day and like feel part of a story rather than just coming to work and doing a job. So yeah, I would definitely emphasize the excitement and the, the thrill it can bring to everyday life and the fact that you're solving new problems all the time. Join us next episode to sit with Andres Cardenas, Chief Marketing Officer of Minute Media, and Sean Convoy, Editor of the Players' Tribune.